Hey guys, this is King Kyrie here coming at you at the age of the millennial. Right now I'm here with a special guest. I'll have him introduce himself now. My name's Larry. Uh, I am definitely not the millennial. (laughs) (laughs) No, but on the age of the millennial, you don't have to be a millennial to speak on our podcast. We won't uh, ban you from that. (laughs) But um, I would like you to sort of like give like some fun little facts about yourself. What makes you Larry? Uh, Let's see. I'm a crotchety old fogey. I came out screaming, get off my lawn before I turn on the sprinklers. Um, <laughs> I have my own podcast that runs in a wholly different direction. Uh, we, we run a small video game podcast, been around for a while, uh, teeny tiny. But, you know, if you're not easily offended then and you want a good chuckle, that's, that's a thing to check out. Um, I don't know. Well, I will say when it comes to podcasts, this one is not uh, for the faint-hearted either. We tackle some very uh, tough topics. We haven't really do- uh, dove into anything too bad, uh, but you can feel free to, you know, say what you want to say. Don't feel the need to censor yourself. Oh, I never do. If it <laughs> involves me censoring myself, I'm, I'm not even involved. Alrighty, well that's good to know. Anyway, and of course someone rings my doorbell, but don't worry, I'm not answering it. So, um, why are we here? I sent out or sent out a podcast talking about Kanye and how I feel that he should not run for president. And you listened to that, yes? I did. Alrighty. What are your takes on that? Because um, you didn't agree fully with what I had to say. Um. I I don't think that Kanye running is a great idea for Kanye one. I'm I'm with you on a a few points. My problem is is that I think what you're looking at is only addressing the symptoms rather than the actual underlying condition, Um, which is what I I was trying to kind of lead lead you to with a you know a little bit of a thought exercise when we started talking and you're like hey let's just bench this for this so i'm like all right um so my i i don't i don't take inherent issue with kanye running because the simple fact of the matter is is look you know if you want to run that's your prerogative that's that's absolutely your right to do so if you can if you can get the signatures get the vote whatever that's you know because to say you can't run when there's nothing inherently, you know, wrong, like you're not a convicted felon, anything like that, then you know what? You're well within your constitutional rights. Go for it. Have fun, you know? And, uh, if, you know, at that point you're either going to succeed or fail on your own merits essentially. And, but my, my other piece to this is that, you know, one, I, first and foremost, I think Kanye's fucking nuts. It just is. Um, yeah. it's, it's already been at this point, reasonably well documented, uh, that there's definitely some, uh, issues that, uh, he wouldn't get my vote as somebody entirely stable for, you know, running the joint. But, uh, that aside, what I, what I saw and what I was looking at though, is the fact that you know, listening to you speak on the subject, I'm, you know, your your concern is, is that, you know, Kanye running is essentially going to secure a victory for Trump. And it might, but the problem is, is, 
not that Kanye's running, but that the fact that he is running could swing enough votes to secure that victory. And so really the deeper issue that's not being talked about is that we as a nation have enough dumb fuckers that would do it. We have culturally devolved so far to where trolling is more important than, you know, actually considering what the ramifications of that, you know, troll piss away vote becomes. Exactly. And so at that point, again, it comes back to, I don't have an issue if Kanye runs. If Kanye wants to run, let him run. You know, he can, you know, I I don't care. Let him go be jogging buddies with fucking uh, Tom Hanks. He can run all he wants. But if we're in a state where it's going to cause potential damage to the country by him running, we've got bigger problems that should be addressed rather than saying, no, I would stop Kanye from running if I could. Like, no, no, I wouldn't stop Kanye from running. If I had the power to fix or change something, that's not the thing I'm fixing. I'm fixing the intense level of stupidity that Kanye running causing damage comes from. Yes. So I didn't think about it from that perspective. When I thought about it, it was more sort of along the lines of he himself is not stable. So for me, in order to be president, you should be able to prove that you are of sound body and mind. And it has been, as you have said, well documented on live television several times where Kanye has had moments where he just flipped out. And we can't have a president simply flip out, check out for a couple of days or a couple of weeks until he's back on his medication. We just can't. But the other issue, of course, is the fact that if he's out there to intentionally sabotage another candidate, which according to some of those close friends that are closest to him have come out and said that that was his intention all along, that he wants Trump to succeed. And That's so, no hearsay, though. That's the problem. That, that, is, that, that is hearsay. But the fact of the matter is it, it, the, it's, a, it's a strong possibility. And more to the point of trolling, I feel like there are a huge number of trolls in the uh, Hillary versus Trump election who penciled in or pissed away their votes for like dumb things. I There's things, what me and my friend looked it up once upon a time and I forgot what some people penciled in. I think someone penciled in like Walt Disney before, Homer Simpson, you know, things like I'm that. I'm sure Harambe was on the ballot too. Yeah, there, there are a lot of people that literally wrote in they were like, oh, well, Hillary's probably going to take this in a landslide. Or, oh, they just don't care. And it blows my mind that, like you said, there are so many people out there willing to troll to say, you know what? Fuck it. Let's throw our votes away to Kanye West, even though we aren't happy with the state of the nation. Mm-hmm. And it's us young people, us millennials, who need to take the reins uh, and say, you know what? We have no choice but to stand up for ourselves. And if we don't like Biden, if we don't like Trump, we need to start electing people to public office or why don't we ourselves run for public office to make things better because we're inheriting this world mm-hmm. and we may not like it but at the same time it's not fair for us to just sit back somewhere and troll someone we've got to fight ourselves we can't just do the, the bare minimum and i feel like it's the bare minimum oh, yeah. having Kanye run and people vote for him Oh, I voted. Oh, but who'd you vote for? Kanye. Like, what the fuck? Seriously. Come on now. 
I at this I'm not gonna lie at this point I, I'm almost inclined to vote for Kanye because frankly I'm at a point with everything going on that I I can't in good conscience throw my vote to either of the two major party candidates and I'll be entirely honest I haven't done a whole ton of homework on uh, Joe Jorgensen or Jorgensen or whatever the hell her name is at this point either but I've I've seen a handful of things that make me go eh, it's probably not a whole lot better either I'm I'm literally to the point where even though I typically swing right wing as far as my voting goes for very specific reasons and you and I have kind of talked about that a little bit one-on-one, so you know there's a little more depth to it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, even I'm looking at the Democrat, at the DNC, and going, really? Y'all didn't fucking learn your lesson last time? Because no. it's like, you literally picked the worst person to put up front to try and regain the the uh, the White House? Like, ugh. Like, don't get me wrong, it's not its not the direction I would have voted anyways, but even I'm going, come on, y'all, at least try. Yeah. Now, I will say that, I will say, they did have one person uh, in the primaries that probably was the only person that could have swung my vote over to the left, but that was, he was gone god it's been almost a year now it feels like so was it beto o'roar no no interest in uh in beto uh buddha judge actually ew oh i'm sorry uh, buddha judge didn't make my head hurt when he talked but what did he stand for i i, I know this is like going a little bit off topic but what did he stand for <laughs> a lot i think another big piece of it too is that at least listening to what i've what i'd heard of him he was a a touch more moderate liberal than a lot of what's been being pushed and that catches my attention it makes it more palatable to me truth be told yeah so i would say that he's uh more moderate but then again so is joe biden and 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 he he's uh more so moderate than i would have liked even though he did serve under obama he also uh served not as vice president but he served underneath uh bill clinton and it's one of those things where it's like bill clinton was a a huge like closet republican and i feel that so is joe biden to an extent uh even still there's still a big difference between pete and joe for me namely that most of the time anytime i see or hear uh <clears throat> Excuse me. I see or hear Joe talking. I'm not entirely convinced he knows where he is. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that is another problem that I have. I, I don't like the fact that both of our candidates are so old, and I don't feel like either of them are mentally ready or capable of actually uh, maintaining the presidency for the next four years which makes me very skittish of their vp picks and i know a lot of people are going to with this whole uh kamala harris pick mm-hmm. they're, they're either going to jump on board or they're going to be like you know what he is not the uh, candidate for us yeah i mean it's i i don't know uh don't don't get me wrong i 
neither of them would you know swing me but i'm just looking at it i i can still play devil's advocate and i can look look at the other team and tell them it's like look you want to win this is what you got to do even if it's not what i want outcome wise i can still see and point out here's your path to victory if you really want to get it but you know you know that said though with joe being closer to center for the democratic party uh, mm-hmm. You know, if he really wanted to help swing that, uh, swing the more uh, further leftist vote in, you pull in a VP that swings more outside left. And yep. as much as it makes me cringe at the thought, somebody like AOC, get the youth vote in because, frankly, you know, I don't, you think, had a- I don't think she wants to be vice president to Joe Biden personally. Oh, she probably doesn't want to be, but that's the thing is, I mean, if you can diversify your ticket to be able to get the entire bandwidth of your party on board, that's what you should be doing. Yeah. Not to mention, you know, that's how you achieve some semblance of balance, you know, in your leadership by going, okay, I know this is where my deficit is. So let me pick up a person that helps, you know, level that out. And so he did that in a way, but... On paper, I should say. In practice, um, I know that there are a lot of people saying, oh, he did that for the black vote. But you have a lot of black people that aren't for Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. You have a few of them that don't like her. And so if they're looking to, you know, help the black vote, you know, come out and show up for them, they may have picked the wrong candidate, first yeah. off. And then you've got the women I don't know how strong she is with the uh, female population. Mm -hmm. And so I understand why they picked who they picked. Uh, The youth, they're not going to go for either ticket, to be quite honest with you. I mean, you have the young Republicans who are uh, probably going to vote for Trump. But then you've got the young Democrats and the young liberals. They're 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 not for it. They're they're looking at that ticket. They're like, we're not for this. I mean, I'm looking at Kamala Harris as Joe's VP pick and thinking, you know, in effect, you probably could have just swapped in Sarah Palin and gotten the same result. Well, <laughs> I don't I wouldn't say that uh, I because I, I feel like Sarah Palin was known for being kind of um, what's the word? I'm not going to say insufferable, <laughs> but I feel like not a lot of people Rash. like Sarah Palin. She was definitely brash. Yes. And uh, she rubbed people, even in her own party, the wrong way. A lot, oh, yeah. from, what was, from what I t- was told. Because I was young when uh, McCain chose Palin as a running mate. And all I know of her now are a bunch God, of... now you make me feel old. Er. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first time that uh, uh, Obama ran, he ran against McCain. And uh, it was Biden, Obama versus Palin McCain. And I remember that I was able to vote. I was in high school. And I was like, huh, a woman. And I, I was surprised because, I mean, in Texas, people are like, and a lot of the teachers are like, why would you pick a woman to be, you know, his VP pick? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. And then it turned out to be the nectar of death because apparently Palin wasn't, you know, very good. No, she wasn't. But... <laughs> But I mean, again, it's one of those things that, 
you know, a, a question of whether or not they're a good pick or not is all going to be subjective depending on who you're talking to. And so, yeah. you know, I, I kind of look at it and go, you know, look, if, you know, if the front runner for the, the presidential nomination is, you know, one side, you know, like far to one side, then you get somebody that's a little closer center or vice versa. You want to balance it out, be able to pull everybody in you know, out of your party and maybe hope to grab, you know, some of the folks that are kind of swinging in the middle. Yeah. So. And, and, and the performers, because you need to get people out to the polls. Yeah. And that's, that's another big piece, honestly, that I think did in the, the DNC last go around was, you know, you had a lot of the, you know, the, the youth out there campaigning and, you know, this, that, and the other and talking a big game. But when it came time to turn up, they weren't there. They did. They uh, weren't. And then, you know, I, I hate to be that dick, but I'm going to be that dick for a hot second. And then you had all those people, you know, crying in their breakfast cereal. And I'm like, uh, you ain't got nobody to blame but yourself and your party. And your friends, like, because I talked about that, uh, of course, you probably heard it in uh, the Kanye uh, video, how... People last time didn't show up to vote and then they complained about the outcome. Yeah. And, and you you can't do that. If you go in and you fucking write Homer Simpson and then Trump wins again, you complain that Trump won. Well, motherfucker, your vote could have been the deciding vote. Right. You decided to write in Homer fucking Simpson and that's what you ended up with. Looking like a fool. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, the, the culture in this country is just devolved to where you know doing something for the lulls is more important than any semblance of you know reasonable civic duty for trying to you know guide the country onto a path of success and growth and, and how do we fix that I, what do we do to fix that because i know exactly what you're saying so but I, the, the, this is a topic that zoe and i have talked about a lot um at least you know in in the house and one-on-one -on -one, and we we touched on it to uh, a reasonable extent on the uh, the first offering from DMZP was that, um, you know, this, th that whole thing has more symptoms than that. And it's part of why I take issue with, you know, movements and activism in the form of hashtags and memes. And, you know, because again, it's like, if that's all the attention span you have, we're all fucked. Yeah. That's it. Like you have to do multiple things. You have to figure out how to regrow the attention span so that you can then begin to work to, you know, start doing some deeper long form education and yes. dialogue and discourse. Because, you know, again, even if I'm not, even if I'm not going to change your mind, you at least need to learn how to sit down and communicate and have a conversation with somebody that you disagree with. Because even if I don't change your mind, you're going to walk away with information you didn't have before. And that's useful. Exactly. Either I'm going to change and, your and, mind or I'm going to give you more ammunition. Either way, yeah. neither is But my thing is, it starts with our public education system <laughs> because as a former teacher, I feel like that whole attention span thing is something that we really didn't uh, like latch down on it's one of those things where we're moving so quick so quick so quick all the time that our students 
have no choice but to move a mile a minute and change from subject to direction to direction. It, it, it just blows my mind. And then, of course, we give them technology in the classrooms and tell them to get on these computer systems and get on these programs that, uh, once again, do the same thing. It's not about, you know, long-term attention. It's about how quickly you can do something in the short amounts of time and uh, achieve your goal. And at the same time, it just doesn't work because when you get into the real world and you've got to be on projects for a long time, when you've got to set up things and, and it takes a while before you achieve, achieve your uh, end goal, the kids don't know how to function. I hate to say it, but another piece of that too, and honestly, I, I really hadn't even given that a consideration, uh, but you know what the, the major player in this that I see is honestly, you know, look at what's happened with the I, I'm going to call it the de-evolution of social media. We started with LiveJournal and MySpace. Lots of text, yep. lots of writing, just, you know, long-form, thought-out content. And then, you know, Facebook took over, and Facebook honestly kind of extended that. But Facebook then started opening the door to shit like, you know, memes and whatnot to where things only start getting skin deep. And yep. then comes along Twitter where all right express yourself in 140 characters or less now not only that we're putting a time crunch on media consumption with TikTok you can do anything yep. you want as long as you do it in less than 60 seconds because after that nobody's paying attention nobody can hold yep. their focus longer than 60 seconds and frankly I think it's a an abysmal commentary on the state of our society and what's happened to it that if the the most popular social media platform out there is the one that reduces everything to 60 seconds or less what the fuck yeah i'm not a huge fan of tiktok i've seen it i i understand that it's people but i don't understand why so many people have chosen to use that as a form of expression over other things. Like being able to sit down and talk to someone is gonna become a very, very lost art form. Like having conversations, this conversation has been going on for over 20 minutes. Ask the kid nowadays to get on a phone and have an actual conversation, not via text, but like this and talk to someone for more than 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Oh, believe me, dude, I feel the struggle. I mean. You're talking to somebody that, you know, for four years running, sits down on a nearly weekly basis and records a long form podcast where honestly, we've been trying to tighten it up because God, we get long in the tooth. We've had weeks where we've recorded like a two hour show. Yeah. And then, and then like I had a conversation with my friends that lasted over seven hours long. We had a conference call and those things won't be happening for a lot of kids as they grow up because they, they have no incentive to do it. They have no skills to make that kind of stuff happen. To get on the phone and just have a conversation for seven hours, that doesn't, that's not something that you can just do. No, and I, I you know what? You, you've just given me the, the seed of a thought here. I, I wanna take this back to uh, education curriculum for a minute. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna pitch you an idea. I wanna hear your feedback. It's no okay. longer an extracurricular option. Rather, it is required course material and activity 
for every student debate. I was actually thinking the same exact thing. There are quite a few um, core classes that I think should be done away with in middle and high school in place of other things that are a lot more um, beneficial to the human being. And debate is definitely one of them. Debate, economics, uh, home ec, and speech are all core classes that I think that every kid should take before they graduate high school. I agree with you. I will stipulate though, home ec needs revamping to where it's home ec one and home ec two because there's a part of home ec that's just not there where it's, you know, shit like finances, doing your taxes, you know, what you need to know to prep in terms of like your credit score, taking out a loan, those things that you're going to need as an adult. Well, so that would be an economics course. So for me, economics was only a semester long Mm -hmm. and that was not nearly long enough. I feel like uh, economics should be an entire year long. And at the very beginning, you start off with a checkbook and you start off with a job in that class. And as you continue, you're making money paycheck to paycheck and you're balancing that checkbook and at the very end that is your final like grade where you go in and you balance your checkbook and you can prove how much money you made for the fiscal year mm-hmm. that's something to me that every kid i think would first many of them would get a kick out of it you know being able to select their dream job and you know do all of the studying and stuff and then see how much money they have after taxes and all of this stuff like that to me is extremely useful and it's something that none of these kids have it's something that quite frankly i don't even have and i went to uh, school my minor was in business mm-hmm. and so it just blows my mind how unprepared we are for the world yeah and that's one reason why I think there are so many trolls out there because we don't know how serious life is until life happens to us. Mm-hmm. And I tell them all the time, until life happens, you will never change. And I think some of the jokers who thought that Hillary Clinton was going to beat uh, Trump in a landslide are taking this election a little bit more seriously. I mean, one would hope. But now we've got several other people who are now able to vote and hopefully they know how serious this is and they don't just piss their votes away by saying dumb shit like let's have master chief or let's have you know that's so raven as our president writing in don't hold your breath well i know there's gonna be those jokers out there but i hope to god they they choose i'm not gonna say correctly but they, they 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 vote wisely and kanye again is not a wise decision Someone with a manic bipolar disorder who apparently frequently doesn't take their meds should not be president. No, he shouldn't, but that's for the public to inform themselves on and then decide. So, And it, it, it sucks because the public, they want everything handed to them. They want the truth, the facts all handed to them. And that's where the news media is so easily able to get away with all the bullshit they put out both from the uh, uh republican and democratic side the, it, it blows my mind how both sides can cover the same news story and frame it in such a way that they both end up blaming the up can i pimp somebody else's uh stuff for just a second on that subject sure so i um i I, I've dialed back my news consumption considerably. I used to, uh, like, whenever I was riding in the car, it was talk radio. 
and it was equal parts uh, conservative and liberal talk radio. So, like, you know, drive drive into work, NPR. Drive home, Fox News. I was catching both. And I remember a time, there was a time, and now I'm going to sound old and I'm going to date myself here, because that time was probably just, just before your time a little bit, where BBC World News was actually, like, true neutral. Uh, not so much these days, but such is life. However, there is one person who runs a channel on YouTube that I would still firmly call true neutral. And on top of that, um, given the fact that I don't consume news media and talk radio like I used to, still fits into my tolerance level for that on a daily basis is Philip DeFranco. I cannot say enough yeah. good things about this dude. For anybody listening that is not familiar, he puts out a daily show Monday through Thursday. It's either Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday. Anywhere from like 15 to 25 minutes, not real long. And you'll get a solid mix of, you know, here's some weird YouTuber news, drama shit. Also mixed with a, you know, here's some important world news stuff. And he is one he's very centrist because basically if if somebody's done something stupid he's gonna look at it and go yeah you're a fucking idiot and call him out doesn't matter what side the uh, a, a great litmus test is look in the comments sometime because in the comments section you will see people from the left and people from the right both accusing him of being a shill for the other side in equal measure yeah, that that alone. I've actually had that happen to me before too. <laughs> but the other thing too is that in the way he presents when he does the news is, here's the news. This is a story. These are the facts. Stop. This is my opinion. There is no intermingle. It is extremely cut and dry. So if all you want is the facts, you know where the facts end and the opinion starts. Yeah. And I respect the ever-loving hell out of that man for that. Do you feel like our nation in our lifetime will ever become whole as far as being centrist, where we aren't so polarized, where I'm a Republican will always be, or I'm a Democrat and I will always be? Would I love to see it? Yes. Do I see it happening anytime in the next 20 to 30 years? No, because, and I, I would venture to say that it started with probably Clinton and it became noticed. It became like visible or noticeable with, uh, George W. Mm -hmm. Every time the White House changes hands from left to right or vice versa, the pendulum swings further the other direction. Nobody since has come in and tried to put their hand on it to get it to just rest in the middle. Yeah. Like every, I, I, I get, I get every subsequent president has swung the divide further the other direction. 
And I would venture to say, like I said, George W. is probably the first one that really started to cause a stir. And I honestly think Obama is the presidency that took it from a stir to a good solid rip. Well, do you think that that it was his presidency, like him, like his team intentionally did it, or did the media sort of start it and it just like boiled over from there? Because from what I remember, from what I saw, you have a lot of the media making big things that Obama's um, administration did into these big giant news articles, like the thing about him wearing a tan suit, like things like that. That to me was just nothing. And they, they ripped him for a lot of other things that just made no sense, like serving different types of food at different types of events that just, it didn't ever happen like that before. And it just blew my mind how these people just took these little itty bitty things and made them blow up. Honestly, I, I don't think that's what caused the rip. I think it exacerbated it, but it, no, I take it back. I don't think that I don't think the media even exacerbated that rip per se that he caused. But the simple fact is is that um, a lot of his policies were pushing further left than the country had ever moved in quite some time. And coming out of the GW presidency, um, that felt like an even bigger push. Because instead of just pushing an equal measure the opposite direction, he pushed harder in the opposite direction. No, I get what you're saying. Because there are a lot of like green things that he did, the things for the ecosystem, things for the economy, and um, what uh, the whole healthcare. Yeah, the whole healthcare one that was a huge one, mm-hmm. and it got so fucked up though that it, it was it was destined to fail. Like after it was released, because the original iteration for the health care for all for uh, the Affordable Care Act wasn't nearly as bad with all like the penalties and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then they came to a bipartisan decision. And that's what the Affordable Health Care Act became. And it was just garbage. Yeah. But it is what it is. But at that point, anyway, though, given um, that transformation, you would think he would have at least spoke out on the subject and went. This is not what I wanted. And instead, he, as far as I ever saw, he just seemed to hang his hat on at every opportunity he could. Yeah, I would agree with that. He did say, you know, this is good for America. This is what America needs. And I I don't I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Do I personally need uh, health care? Absolutely. I need health care. I believe everyone needs health care. But being able to afford health care is a different story. And when I tried to uh, get on the you know, Affordable Care Act mm-hmm. and get health insurance, it took me forever just to be denied. Oh. And I ended up and then the whole open enrollments and like you would have to wait a certain amount of time before companies were accepting new uh, clients. It, it just became a shit show. Oh, dude. And the, the word affordable in there is a joke. Like I, I yeah. recently had to browse the marketplace for myself. And uh, let me tell you, man, if I'd gone that route, best case scenario, I'm out 400 bucks a month out of my pocket. Yeah. and that, But that's crazy to me because other countries don't pay nearly as much but we do and we do it because we are uneducated i think if we educated ourselves (laughs) over 
the history of insurance, uh, whether it's health, you know, uh, car, whatever insurance, we would be surprised about how much we are getting ripped off. I've worked by insurance, insurance actually. Uh, I tell you what, we'll we'll table that. We'll we'll sidebar that. I would be yes. more than happy to jump in a separate recording to talk on the subject of healthcare and insurance with you. Because I feel like that well, merits I, its own topic. That, I will have you on for that topic because I do have a couple of friends who wanted to talk on that as well. So we'll have a conference and we will save that for a different um, podcast. Oh, hell But I do game. come on and I appreciate your insight. I'm glad that I was I was anticipating that you're going to say Kanye should run because everyone should be able to run. And that's the end of that. But I'm glad we were able to have this conversation where we both agree that, you know, Kanye may be out of his mind. But it's the people that are willing to support him in this time, in this like. Those are the people who should ultimately be held responsible for the fuckery. Yes. So they should. And we got to start at a young age trying to educate kids on the importance of voting and voting wisely and that's that's why i wanted to talk to you you know and kind of give you some of that thought because you know not not for nothing because like i said i think you were on the right track i just think you didn't take that logic train far enough and if you yeah. and it stopped where it stopped there my concern is is saying that no kanye's awful for running and you know we shouldn't let kanye run is essentially letting the people that will vote for him shirk their responsibility in the outcome yeah i agree that that was my uh um oversight i should say because i was just focusing right there on the the issue that i believed was the root and and in fact that's just the tip of the iceberg and that's why i told you man i didn't want to dog you on it i just wanted to be able to through the thought exercise to get you to where i was to see if either a i was talking out of my ass or b you know there was something that you missed that i could help share no, and I appreciate that. When I initially uh, it, it invited you on the podcast, I wasn't of the mind where it was like, oh, he's going to like try and make me feel dumb. I want, I, I, I know we've talked before. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know that we have very, um, no, I wouldn't say very different, but we are respectful enough in our ways that we wouldn't do that to one another. No, agreed. I mean, like I said, I've enjoyed the handful of conversations that you and I have gotten to have. And honestly, I had been looking forward to this for the last couple of days. So, you know what? So have I, because you're, yeah, I, I totally have to, like, I really enjoy doing stuff like this. So I mean, more specifically, I was looking forward to getting to have that conversation with you because our past engagements have been just mentally rewarding well thank you i'm glad i i totally agree because i'm walking away from this conversation uh with a lot more to think about i should say (coughs) like i said i mean i'm i'm glad we got to sit down and have the talk on that note before you wrap um yeah i i want to take a hot second to pimp something that i think is obviously relevant to what we've talked about here which would be uh and again it's uh it's periodic so don't expect anything on the regular from it but you know uh i want to pimp uh dmzp demilitarized zone podcast with myself and with zoe um dmzp.podbean.com where you know again it's a lot of long-form conversation and discourse from opposing viewpoints so not only learning how to you know 
or, or helping to try and rebuild that attention span with good, solid, long-form, substantial discussion, but also learning how to actually dialogue with somebody you disagree with without resorting to, oh my God, you're the worst. You're dumb. Yes. You're racist. You're ho- any 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 default insult that falls out there, um, you know, swings in every direction without the keyboard warrior insanity. So yes, I- I'm glad. I will uh, be checking that out. But for those who may have missed it, can you say the uh, handle one more time? Uh, DMZP.podbean.com, all spelled out, all one word. Um, DMZP short for demilitarized zone podcast, because again, it's, you know, it's, we're, we're laying down arms. Nobody's coming in hot. We're just here to talk and hear and try and understand the other side. Yes. And and that it's very, very important in this political culture that we found ourselves in. I hate to say it, but it, it's for many years now to me felt like a lost art and that's, beyond criminal yeah well i do appreciate you uh being on larry i will get uh back with you about the whole insurance uh podcast uh you want to give out any more shout outs before you go uh dmzp if you want to get into something like meaningful (laughs) and insightful uh world11.podbean.com is uh my other long-running gig if uh if you're a gamer and you want to hear us be absolutely not safe for work but also get into some real like deep nitty-gritty uh conversation on gaming in the industry of course well thank you well thank you for having me i've had a good time and i hope you did too yes i will be uh looking to contact you later on you have a great night all right you too hey it was good for me was it good for you it was good for me yes yeah buddy (laughs) All right, bye. Take care.